only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Adam here for the Bottles Your Podcast. Welcome to episode 79. Today, we're going to be diving into the Badlands. The dark, the dark existence of human beings. I don't know, dramatic. Dramatic as shit. Essentially, what this means is that we've got some context, some actually some very rich context from one of my own clients that I've been working with over the last eight weeks or so. Don't worry if he's listening. If you're listening right now, I'm not even going to use your first letter of your first name. I'm just going to call you T, even though you have no resemblance to anything around T in your name, because I know how personal, I know how deep this shit is. And just, just right off the get, this is a guy that I've been working with, like I said, for about two months or so, maybe a bit longer. And by all accounts, he's a very happy dude, very happy guy. And the things we've been dealing with have, at least initially, were to do with just dating, just fixing up his uh, texting, his principles behind texting, his principles behind setting up casual open relationships, you know, all things dating related. And so last, not yesterday, day before, the, the talk was yesterday, so I guess I received the email two days ago, in preparation for one of our calls, uh, he sent me an email saying that he had a bit of a rough night a couple nights ago and he wrote some journals and he wanted me to review the journals for him. And so I had a look at them and I got hit by them. And when I say hit, I mean, I just was not expecting the darkness within them. You know, he, he clued me into the idea that there was some, maybe some off mental processes in this, but nothing to the degree that I thought it would be. And it's just something I never expected. And I actually went on Instagram, shout out to at Tang one If you're not there yet, get your friends there and get your mom there. You better be there. And he's, I did like a little mini vlog on the story just talking about how it just, you've got to be aware of this. You've got to be aware of the, of the human condition in which that we all have some darkness within us. In fact, you could even go as far as saying is that we're all half darkness. We all have just as much potential to be dark as we are potential, have potential to be light. It's so many different schools of thoughts from many different philosophies from, you know, what I'm talking about there. To those of you that are a little more clued in, you might recognize some uh, Taoist slash Confucius slash Eastern philosophy mixed in there. And there's so many other ways of thinking about it as well. That's the first one that comes to mind for me. But and anyways, so I was, I was just going on this story talking about how I was like two things into it thinking, yeah, this sounds like a podcast. This sounds like we need to dive really deep into this. So that's what we're doing today. Now that's a context. So that's a pre-context to set you guys up. What have I got right here? <laughs> I've got an excessively large matcha bowl. It's not actually a matcha bowl and there's no matcha in it. So I guess I got to fuck that. But hold on. Oh, that's good water. Ginger, uh, Himalayan rock salt, lemon, lime. Mm, you know it. So it's excessively large. It's an excessively large bowl because uh, my my traditional matcha bowl is currently in the dishwasher. I know I fucked up. Rookie mistake. Please excuse me. Swim my son. So that's why that's why that for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, that's why it's so large. Just it's what I could find. It's a pumpkin soup bowl, probably. And uh, any other housekeeping? I've been doing a lot of other. Uh, I did a podcast on Kev's podcast. Well, we sat down for a podcast. Uh, last week so you guys can check that back on the channel you can see the full thing on his channel my podcast with Mikel shout out to the project the project podcast he just launched that podcast that one's fire and I'm on episode four we go into some really deep shit there as well some really inspirational stuff on both accounts on Kev's on Mikel's so I've been doing a lot of 
uh, content production just with other people in different realms, different ways, and also kind of just getting my head together after that 25 years of life video. So that's where we're at. And let's do it. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well. So there's many angles we want to talk about here. And I probably titled this something to do with dealing with your darkness or dealing with the dark demons within your psyche. Now, I have to say this from the get. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a trained clinical physician in dealing with actual diagnosed depression, anxiety, anything of that nature. I'm going to say that from the beginning. Everything I'm about to say right now is purely conjecture from my slightly educated mind. Let's say that, slightly educated. By no means professionally educated in this space. But And this is something that I brought up on the gram as well, which is that my client, calling him, calling him T, even though he's definitely, he knows, he knows who he is if he's listening to this, but it's just weird for me to call him T because I know it's not his name. But I'll roll with it. Pro, uh, protection. He even said to me, listen, Adam, I know that you're not a psychologist, but that's actually why I'm asking you because I've been with psychologists all of my life. I've been doing psycho psychological work with NLP. Um, what's the other one? Uh, cognitive brain, CBT, cognitive brain therapy. He's done a lot of that throughout his entire life and not that that hasn't had any benefit, but the reason why we work together is because he resonates with me on a level where I provide a third angle for him that no one else does. And that's what I can do. That's what I can do for you, for those of you that are listening to this potter, is that I just give you guys a third angle. I don't claim to say that I have all the answers and that I know what's best for you. And I'm never going to say that. I'm never going to sit here and say that I know what's best for you. It's too presumptuous, too arrogant, and uh, quite frankly, inaccurate. So I would never do that. So all I'm saying here is that take what I'm about to say and make it your own. Think about the angles I'm going to give you because what do I do? I just illuminate the thought process for you. I just bring the illumination to what's going on within these different topics. So with that being said, let's dive in here. So I, I, pre, I prefaced it a little bit, but let me go a little bit harder. You know, he sent me these journals after a rough night. That's all I knew. And when I cracked open these journals, I was blown away by the darkness within them. Considering that this guy, if you would ask me pre-reading through his journals, if you would ask me, you know, is this guy a happy guy? I'm like, he's one of the happiest guys I know. This guy's like, he's crushing it. He's, he's, he's very successful in business. He's really success. He's moving uh, to a much more successful place in his dating life. He's starting to get his principles. He's, he learns really quickly. And every time we talk, there's always a smile on his face. And, you know, it's like, it's this weird thing we do with human beings in which that we only tend to look at the wrapping paper. And I really, it's maybe it's, there's many angles as to why I was thinking why. Because I was thinking why, like, why did I have such a, misperception of where this guy was at. And when I went and I was looking through his journals, I'm like, really? He wrote this. Now, of course, I'm not going to read out the journals. Of course, I'm not going to give any details to that, but I'm, well, not specifically, but I'll give you the ju uh, the gist of it. And yeah, yeah, I can give you the gist of it. There's no names mentioned. You have no idea who he's talking about. So let's go on this. One example. Well, the, the whole, let's go into the event. Let's go into the event of why he had this episode of darkness. And so we're gonna, we'll do that and then we'll extrapolate things out much, much more macro, apply things more to your own lives. And it all applies anyway. So he went to this house party with his family. And one thing that he mentioned previous to me, or at least in the email, was that the psychological work he's had to do with psychologists before 
surrounding, surrounded ideas of unworthy of human connection, unworthiness of being respected by other human beings, not being seen as an attractive person, and not just in a sexual sense, but attractive as a friend, attractive as a uh, social member of a group, just an ultimate, if you want to sum it up, just a disconnection from human beings in general. That that could be the tree, and there's many branches that branch off of that. So he prefaced that on the email with me before that, and as I'm reading through this journal, basically what's going on is that he rocked up at this house party with his family, and he fell into this deep, dark spiral of with every single person that he was interacting with, he just he was overanalyzing it. He was overanalyzing it and in a negative way to the point where any little any little cue, any mis, misconceived cue of eye contact, vocal tonality, if someone just showed even the slight little bis, bit of disinterest, he maximized that and magnified that to the ultimate, well, this person just doesn't respect me as a human being. And then, of course, this becomes a self-reinforcing loop. This becomes the well, as I described to him in our uh in our session together. And I will go into the well. I'll go into the well. Maybe just not yet, but I'll park that for a second. But he dives, he falls into a well, so to speak. And oh, well, now's the perfect time to go into it then. Essentially, the way that I, well, when I got onto the call, and I'm like, I broke down this journal, how we just kept going down this dark spiral and essentially got shut down by these interactions and the darkness. He started to play into the darkness more and more and more. And he was getting angry that people weren't receiving him well and getting upset that uh, his other family members were getting attention from other people, and when he tried to engage other people, they just turned away from him. And, of course, that makes him angry, so it only puts him in more to a darker cloud, more dark, darker, darker, and it just gets worse and worse. And the way that I visualize that is that he fell into a well, and at the bottom of this well, there's two ropes, one on either side. One rope pours more water onto him. Right, The more you pour on that rope, put, sorry, pull on that rope, more water pours onto you, pours onto you. That's a, that's a weird combination of words, pulls and pours, saying it out loud anyway. So essentially, you make it worse. And then on the other side of the well, there's the rope that pulls you out. And essentially what he was doing all night was that he was just pulling on this rope that's pouring more water onto him. Now, what does that actually mean? What that actually means is that in this loop of you overanalyzing and overjudging how people are receiving you, and then reflecting that back onto you as your worth as a human being. It only makes you more intensely depressed and angry and anxious. So you're beaten on the rope. And that as you beat on the rope more, which means that you start to resent those people. You start to resent those people for the way that they're acting towards you. But they're only acting towards that way towards you because of this darkness that you're emitting. Why would someone want to engage with you? give you the compliment, give you the smile, give you the eye contact, give you the vocal tonality that you wish to receive, if you're just emitting this darkness, why would someone want to do that? So of course they turn away from you, but of course that only makes you more angry. So you keep just bashing this rope, which is just pouring more water onto you, making it worse and worse, drowning you more. Let me reset it. So you've got that option and that's what he was taking. That's what he was doing all night long. And I will go more into the journal reflection afterwards, not specifics, of course, but just his overall thought processes after it, because he sent me a before and after. And, and then you have the other rope. Then you have the rope on the other side of the well, which as I described before, is the rope that pulls you out. The rope that pulls you out of your darkness. And as I described to him, and it's such a, it's such a hard thing to understand what I'm about to say when you are in the throes of the darkness. 
which is why pattern interception and cutting the pattern of falling into the well. And once you do get into the well, not beaten on the rope. That's why pattern recognition and pattern interception is so critical because as I described to him, and I went into some exercises and how I've been able to teach my students to do that, specifically of guys that go out solo and how to cut the pattern of, well, if you go out and you, if you're the type of guy, then anyone who can relate, who's been out for two hours at a time and not spoken to a single person, not spoken to a single girl, or if you're a girl who's gone out speaking to a single guy, how to cut that pattern at the onset. Because as time goes on, as you waste more time and as you make more excuses and as you beat the rope more and get angrier with things, it only gets more difficult to pull yourself out of the darkness. So I know I get it that it's understand that I understand that it's quite difficult to do so. However, there are definitely uh, tactics. There are tactics that can make it easier. So the rope that pulls you out isn't giving. Now let's unpack this. The rope that pulls you out of this darkness isn't is giving. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the rope that you're beating, the one that pours more water onto you, it's extremely self-focused. It's all about how people are receiving you, how people are reacting to you, how you feel. It has absolutely nothing to do with giving goodness, giving joy, giving love, giving a good experience, a good emotional experience to those around you. And this is one thing that I found throughout my entire life. It just seems to be the case is that regardless of how shitty you feel, regardless of how bad of a situation you're in, if you can shift the focus from yourself to the outwards, and not in the outwards in terms of external validation, but to the outwards of people around you, shift your focus to how can I improve the quality of experience and existence for those around me. That will always make you feel good. Now, it might not feel good immediately. It might take a bit of time, depending on how long you've been in this this self-reinforcing loop. It might take you all night. You might not even experience it for a long period of time. It might be just flashes depending on how far gone you are that night, which is why, as I said before, cutting the pattern, intercepting the pattern at the onset is so crucial. And that's something that I found, especially with guys when I'm teaching them solo tactics on day two of boot camp, day game boot camp. It's very crucial to know how to cut that pattern. Cut that pattern. So I know I've said that a few times, but I'm just trying to park it in my mind because I do need to come back to it. But shifting the focus to the outwards, shifting the focus off of yourself onto others. How can I improve the existence and experience for other people? Now, even just then, I couldn't help but smile in my voice when I said that because it's a hard-wired, hard-grained psychological trait and seems to be a feedback loop for all human beings that if we provide and we sow seeds of benefit for others, we will in turn reap backwards. We will in turn reap the fruit that comes from that and it will make us feel good which is why for the longest of time, whether I've been dealing with guys that are specifically coming to me for some tactical guidance on dating, so yeah, they're coming for the day game bootcamp, but I've also coached a lot of guys and I'll often do a lot of infield coaching with guys that aren't really there for dating, but they're just there because they need to learn about human interaction. I remember specifically, I remember specifically uh, Ty, shout out to Ty. He was a personal trainer I used to work with at Good Life. And Ty's, I'm not sure how, oh, it's been many years. It's been many years. Shout out, Ty, if you're listening, if you're watching, I hope you're doing well, mate. I think you're doing physio now. Anyway, he was studying physio at least uh, when we were training, both personal trainers together. And when I first met Ty, he was one of the most socially constricted guys that I have met. 
in terms of just being able to self-express, in terms of just being able to let out that, that natural intent for whatever it might be. And you can imagine in a personal training uh, scene where you got your own business, the business is on you. You don't get paid by the gym. You pay the gym to work there. You gotta be able to go out and get your clients. And to be able to go up and cold approach clients and to be able to uh, make deals and to be able to connect with people, you've got to be expressive and at least to the point where people can feel that you genuinely care. And it's something that he struggled with. And I remember one time he hit me up because he knew that I did some of this stuff. And what I did was I took him out into the mall and not in a dating relate because I actually he had a girlfriend at the time, uh, Jenny. I think it was Jenny. And he had a girlfriend at the time. So it wasn't, there's nothing to do with that. What it had to do with was that, well, I'm just going to teach you about self-expression and it all starts with giving. And the first thing that I had him do was just go up to random people and give genuine compliments. Now this, of course, for those of you that know my shit, you're like, you could have predicted I was going to say that before I even said it. You know where I start. And the reason why I went on this tangent, stepping off of uh, the house party darkness in the well thing, I will get back to that, don't worry. But the reason why I stepped into this is because it's all about the giving and it's all about where everything starts and how we make ourselves feel good. Now, there's many different ways of, or there's a couple, at least a couple of different ways of looking at it in the sense that, in the sense that you can just go out and give compliments without any form of genuine authenticity and you probably still will feel good because just seeing another human being's face light up makes you feel good, right? It does, it just makes you feel good. However, do you think it would be better if you actually did come from a genuine, authentic place of trying to make someone else's human existence a little bit better? I think so, I think so. I think it's more like getting a, getting a supercharge to that. So of course you can do it either way, but the point of what I was trying to get with, with Ty is that first off, to unlock his self-expression, I need to get the focus off of himself. And that seems extremely counterintuitive. Hit that again in your mind. Hit replay on that. In order to get him into a place of self-expression, I need to get him off of the focus of himself. Because with a self-focus, it's very hard to connect with others. When you are so deeply entrenched in all of the ways people are receiving you and how they're going to relate that back to you, reflect that back to you, whether that's they approve of you, they disapprove of you, they think you're attractive, they don't think you're attractive, they think you're worthy of human connection, they don't think you're worthy of human connection. But it's all around you. It's so hard to get beyond. It's so hard to feel good. It's so hard to feel good when your entire focus in life is on the self, uh, when on that ego and the egoic self, I should say. So with Ty, I'm like, okay, let's go ahead. Now, of course, I don't say that, all that to him. I just say, say, just go up to these people, give them a genuine compliment. And after the first few, no, he was shit scared doing this. You know, for anyone, even with girls that I go out with, you know, especially on first dates that I take girls out on first dates, I always get them to do some form of this with me, just some form of genuine compliment giving. Number one, because I love it and it's a great, it's a great activity to do with someone. Uh, in general, like if you're like a guy or a girl who's listening to this potter and you don't do cold approach or you haven't been down that journey, but I don't know, your mate swung you in here or you found this by accident or whatever, and you have no idea about cold approach, but you think this sounds all right, give it a bat, give it a bat because just developing the ability to be able to go up to a random human being and give something, give something good. That not only does that take the focus off of yourself, so we're getting super tactical here, it takes the self the focus off of yourself, 
Let me get that out again. It takes the self, <laughs> that's it again. It takes the focus off of the self. There we go. That's hard to say quickly. And in turn makes you feel great. It makes you feel great. So whether you are going to go out and approach the girl in the coconut oil aisle and because you think she's attractive and you want to go say something or whether you're a girl in the library and you see that dude and you want to go up and say something to him, whether it's that or it's not that, just actually spending some time once a month, once every couple of weeks, depending how far you are to which end of the scale you are in terms of being an absolute social sociopath, you know, a sociopath or being an absolute natural, hard case to absolute natural, wherever you are on that scale of zero to 10, you know, for anyone, it's just a great practice to do because it takes the focus off of the self, makes you feel great. Also gets you beyond beyond self-checking to the point of which you were going to dive into this level of darkness that we were discussing with old T. So that's a great way to tag back here. And I think I'll just wrap that up with Ty. That he had a great session with me, even though, yeah, he's shit scared. He's overcoming his fear of how people will receive him for sure. But as he starts to get more comfortable, starts to expand his comfort zone, He's going up to people, no worries, and giving them genuine compliments. They're making their days. They're having a great time. And then we start doing things a little bit more uh, difficult. I say difficult, you know, going into, going into stores and doing some, doing some weird shit. Anyways, I'll leave that there. I'll leave that there. It's just that that's, it's not just related to dating is what I'm talking about with that anyway. So there's some tactical shit though, though, there though, for those of you that want to actually do something with this podcast. So. Tagging back to the darkness. Now, I mentioned the whole reason why I went down that tangent was the rope that you pull that pulls you up. And the rope that you pull that pulls you up is the rope of giving. Because as you can see now, and if I was there with my client in that situation, in that house party, and now this is where we're going to dive into pattern interception and pattern breaking. If I was there with him, that's the first thing I'd be doing with him is that I'm going to take the focus off of himself because that's where all this darkness is coming from. Because the darkness does not exist outside of him. And this is something that I've thought about a lot. Something that I've talked about a lot with myself, talked about a lot with close friends of mine, which is that the nature of reality and more specifically, to what degree is it goodness or badness? Now, this is quite a tangent. This is where we might dive a few leagues deeper. So let me reset it. So the nature of reality and to the degree of which it is good or bad. My opinion on this and my view on this is that it does not favor either or. I believe that there is just as much goodness as badness that exists in this life. I feel that even those terms, they're just subjective terms that we as human beings have placed to try and manage and order and organize our views around consciousness because it's really too grand and we need to simplify things. (laughs) The nature of existence is far too grand for our tiny little minds to understand. Cognitively anyway. Don't get into, we might get into some spiritual stuff later, but not relevant right now. So, so what I feel is that nature just is what it is. Reality is what it is. It's neither good nor bad. And if, if you really wanted to try and make a distinction just to help organize your mind around these things, it's definitely not one or the other, in my opinion, in my opinion. What it is, in my opinion, is that it's up to us to create either or for our own experience, that it's up to us to create goodness. It's up to us to create badness and we must take full responsibility for either or and this is now where i'll dive into an extra shot of humility in which that i'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong i am not the moral police i will not sit here and say that you need to live a life of goodness or you need to live a, and not live a life of badness because i don't know anyone who's trying to tell you to to live a life of badness and i certainly would never say that 
but I would never say that you're wrong for doing so. Now, let me dive in on that. What are you saying? What are you saying? That you, you, you're approving of people that, that live a life of badness, that rape, pillage, steal. Okay, pillage is very... <laughs> okay, I don't know anyone's pillaging in 2018. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. Anyway, stay focused. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Anyone who's committing acts of darkness. I'm not saying... What I'm saying, what I am saying is that it's not my place to tell them whether they're wrong or right. And the reason for being is that wrong or right, it it varies from society to society initially. Like just right off the get. What other societies deem right, some deem wrong, right? And you can just really look at Middle Eastern society and how their morals are completely different to Western as to how they treat women, as to how they really value the human existence in general, it's very different. Notice the word different. No moral subjectivity, just different. You, It's up to you to make your own moral decisions. So anyways, there's a little philosophy for you. Tacking back here. Tacking back. Where, yeah, no joke. Where the hell are we? Oh, the, so, okay, we're climbing back up this rabbit hole. The nature of existence, good or bad. And yeah, so it's almost like too hard to drag back up that rabbit hole. But I know where we were going with... An, in the main scope of things, which is what I will do with with my client here and taking the focus off of himself and now going to the giving of good and giving goodness. And that's really only just because I know that it's a surefire way of taking him out of that darkness. And oh, that that's why, that's why, hell yes, that's why we went into that whole philosophical rabbit hole. It's because I'm not here to tell him either that he needs to spend all his time in goodness or badness. It's his choice. All I'm here to do is show him the path, show him the way to the watering hole if he wishes to drink. I'm just that finger pointing to the moon if he would like to take a look. So that's all. That's the only reason why I went into that. So now we can. Now that's some pretty high level shit. That's some mentality based shit. Let's drag things down to tactics. Let's get into some pattern interception. How would I actually do that? How would I actually get him to? Uh, because that's just the mentality behind it. How do we, how does that physically look? You might be thinking. Oh, that's good water. Well, how it physically looks is the tap out system. Now I have discussed the tap out system in other more, uh, tactical bottles. I think if you could, I might be mistaken. I might be mistaken. The hardcore of you might know, but in the day gamers guide to night game, I might've dropped the tap out system. There might be, it's probably peppered somewhere else, but I will rehash it here because obviously it's super relevant. The tap out system is a system in which I devised on my own. I've definitely spoken about this many times because now I'm recognizing this uh, setup. But anyways, for those of you that have not heard it before, it's a system I devised to make sure that when a person is going out solo to go and meet someone else, right? When you're going out because you want to meet a girl, and you haven't got your wings with you, you haven't got your boys with you, how to maintain a psychological positive state in which that you are actually going to be able to take action and not get shut down by your own by your own fear, anxiety, and the loop created by that, and the pattern created by that. Because as I discussed earlier in this photo, most guys can relate that who have ever tried to go out on their own to the idea and the story of walking up and down the mall for two hours at a time and you don't speak to anyone. Now, all that happened, it's actually, it's not that difficult. Your mind makes it more difficult than it actually is. But as a coach watching this and as a person going down this journey himself, it's very easy to break down. What happens is that 
after you pass up the first three opportunities to meet a girl, the pattern just repeats. It's not like a new pattern every third girl or every fifth girl. No, the initial pattern is set in three moves. And that's, uh, um, did I discuss that earlier? Maybe not, but I'll hash it here. No, the three moves, the tap-out system, that's what the tap-out system is, is that it's a pattern recognition of when a pattern has formed, aka three consecutive repetition, three consecutive repetitious uh, behaviors or mentalities. That's when we need to cut the pattern, acknowledge the pattern for what it is, intercept it, and then do something different because clearly what we're doing is not working. So it's actually very simple. So let's bring that, that's like the thesis behind it. Let's bring that to what it looks like. Now, I want to I want to actually use the example of a guy going out to go ahead and work on his social dynamic skill set in the day at night to meet girls and to work on himself. And then I'll drag it back to what I'll do with this guy in this house party. Because uh, then it's just it's just easier to understand the tap out system that way because that's the way it was created. But it actually applies. And I, when I was breaking breaking it down for him on our Skype session, I, get, I did this exact thing for him. I did this exactly the same way. It just it works well. So, so say you're a dude, put yourself, say you're me, all right, say you're me, say you're 18-year-old Adam, put yourself in my shoes, okay, I step out into the mall, and I know I'm going to go meet some girls today. Let's say that I go, I don't know, because I'm learning, I need to have structure, okay, I set a goal today, I'm going to speak to 10 random girls that I'm attracted to today, without fail, that's the goal, okay, so I step out off the bus, I step onto the street, whoosh, straight walks by, absolute stutter walks by, I was like, whoosh, I was like, holy shit, that happened a little too quick. And it's like, I didn't even know what to do with myself then. Okay, so that's the first girl we passed up, which we knew we were attracted to, so acknowledge it. But let's be honest here, I didn't necessarily pass her up because I was freaking out. I really, I just, I was a little bit shocked at the speed of which things happened. So some random shit happened. Okay, that's fine. Let's move on. Let's not get too bugged down on that. But let's just keep that in mind that that did happen once. So I walked down, I walked 10 meters down the street from there. I see another attractive girl walk by. She walks by me, but okay, she just picked, she just, let's say she just picked up her phone or maybe she just dropped something or maybe she just met up with her friend or she was just hop, just about to hop into a car. Something happened, right? Something happened that maybe you weren't quite ready for, but you definitely passed it up. It's not that you couldn't have gone up to her. It's just that you definitely passed it up, but maybe, maybe not all of a hundred percent it's always 100% your fault. But when I'm saying that, I mean, maybe there were some things that made it a little bit more difficult for you than it would have been in any other circumstance. Okay, so that's happened twice now. It, it is what it is. It's happened twice though. So to me, it's not a full pattern yet. And as I'm out, I'm looking at this going, okay, the first one, I chalked it up. That was some random shit. I wasn't even ready for that. Okay, that's just one. Number two, okay, it's getting closer. I could have definitely gone up to her. But there were some difficult things surrounding that, and especially if I'm if we're considering myself a beginner, maybe I wasn't uh, ready to handle that situation yet. Okay, I'm gonna let that slide. But if it happens again, and this is the crux of this, guys and girls listening in, if it happens again, it is a solidified pattern. At this point, I don't know if it's an actual pattern yet. We haven't completed the circle. You know, there's it's it's a reasonable likelihood that two random things could happen without me actually falling into the darkness yet, without me falling into the pattern that will describe the rest of the next two hours. I give myself one more opportunity. One more opportunity. If I pass up another girl, then we need to tap out. So I walk 10 meters down the street again. I see an attractive girl walk by, and I just let her walk by. At that point, I know. 
at that point. Now she might have, yeah, she might have also had a similar thing. She might have, you know, had some earphones in, and you're a little bit afraid of that. She might have had a friend of her, and you're a little bit afraid of that, or you know, whatever. Give me every other reason and excuse you could have. It doesn't matter at this point. You've passed up three girls in a row. You've strayed from your intent three times in a row. So that's how, for those of you that aren't in the cold approach journey, can now apply that to your journeys. Just any time you pass up three opportunities to act upon your intent, that's it. That's it. You're done. Stop right there. Because if you try to go beyond this, you will only repeat this loop. Like I said before, this loop has no more faces to it. Once you go beyond, once you get to the three mark, it's a pattern. The pattern will only now get more deeply entrenched, more painful, and you're only going to be sadder at the end. Best to cut it now. Best to cut it now. So what is the tap out? The tap out is number one. It's actually really simple. So I can just breeze through this. The tap out is, well, it's an acknowledgement that what we're currently doing is not working. Now for men in particular, very difficult, very difficult to have this type of humility that, oh, I fucked up. Oh, what I'm doing right now isn't what I said I would do. It's it's difficult for particularly I found with male uh, men in general that the male male uh, gender is very difficult to acknowledge that. So it's even more important for you. But of course, girls that have more masculine energy it seems to be more of an energetic based thing. If you're a female that has more masculine energy, recognize this in yourself and go. Well, I need to be even better. I need to even be more aware of my natural tendency to turn the blinders on to the fact that I'm actually not achieving what I set out to do. So what we're doing right now is not working. That's what I do. The moment I, I pass up three opportunities to act upon my intent, cut it right there. I'm passing up. I'm not doing what I said I could do, what I said I should do. So oh, hold up. So once we've acknowledged that fact, now what we do is, is that we separate ourselves from the environment. Because in order to break this pattern, you can't keep doing what you've been doing. That is literally the definition of insanity. So you just keep doing and repeating the same action, but expecting a different result. So what we need to do is, so we've done it on a mental level in which that we've cut the pattern mentally and said, we're not going to continue to do what we're currently doing, but physically as well, because at this point, your physiological state is going to start to take a nosedive. When you fall into the throes of a negative pattern, you start to feel bad because you know, you know, you know, when you're not doing what you said you should be doing. So you start to feel bad. Your heart rate starts to increase. You start to get that kind of heat. The heat starts to increase in your brain as well. You start to get a little bit fried and you start to react a lot more to your environment rather than responding in a nice, calm, controlled way. So what I needed you to, and what I need you to do, what I need this little Adam to do is I need for him to separate physiologically from what he's previously been doing, which has just been walking. Now, what most guys do and what I used to do as well Note what I said, walking up and down the mall for two hours. Now, this is not going to happen. You should not allow this to happen. You've got to separate yourself from the environment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take myself out from this walking loop, if that's the scenario, or to my client who's at this house party, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to take myself out of the environment that I've attached this physiological feeling of uh, non-well-being to. I'm going to take myself out of that so I can at least just hit the restart button in a nice clean way. So if that's on the street, I'm going to take myself up onto a nice park bench. I'm going to take myself up off of the street. I'm going to take myself off just anywhere outside of what I was just previously doing. I'm not going home, but you know, I'm just taking myself a few meters off just to separate. Now, once I've done that, I'm going to immediately get into my body because no doubt when you start to fall into negative patterns, you are all up in your mind you are 100% for sure not connected to the present moment. Because if you were, 
if you were connected to the present moment, truly, you would not be in this dark spiral. Because the nature of beating on the rope and pouring this water onto you is that you are deeply rooted in something in the past or deeply projecting into something in the future. It's got to be one of the two. Because if you are 100% genuinely present in this moment, there are no worries. It is Hakuna Matata. So park that there. The reason for why we're doing that, the reason for why we're doing this, and what we're doing here is that I'm going to get you into your body. I'm going to get you to take five to six really deep diaphragmatic breaths. Diaphragmatic breaths, right? That's allowing your belly to expand. All right, slow, controlled. Do it five, six times. Get yourself into the present moment. Now, why breathing, Adam? Why breathing? To those of you that are uninitiated, because it is the universal presence maker. (laughs) As if there was any presence to be made. What that is to say is that regardless of race, religion, or uh, language, we all understand breath. We all understand that if you can breathe into this moment, you can be present. So that's why we dive into that. Now you do that five, six times. And so what you've done here, checking things off is that you've mentally cut the pattern. You're now physiologically cutting the pattern. That's the other thing is that when you're in these negative patterns, you're you're chest breathing, you're you're adrenaline-based breathing, you're breathing in a fight or flight response-based system ready to uh, run away, ready to run away or fight. So you don't want to be in that, especially not when we're about to restart and now try and bring goodness to those around us if that's what you're choosing to do, which I don't, which I'll stop that. I'll stop myself right there <laughs> before we dive into more philosophy. So you do those five, six deep breaths. Now what you do is new action. So once we've realigned ourselves and we're feeling good now, at least better than we were before, now new action and an action that is not anywhere aligned with the previous one that, because we've acknowledged that that was not working. So now what we need to do is take an action that is guaranteed to work. What is an action that is guaranteed to work that I've already discussed in this potter? Oh, a giving. Yeah, giving. You're going to go out to the nearest five people and you're just going to give good. You're just going to give good. Whether you are feeling on cloud nine, top of Mount Fuji type goodness, like, and you just, you're just exuberating. It's not even a word. It could be. Exuding is the word I was actually looking for, but exuberating, I don't think that's a word. But you are just exuding, if you even if you're not exuding these high levels of joy and peace and just all feelings of love towards people, it doesn't really matter. Because I know that if you get into this process of just going up to people and just giving, you will start to reap backwards. You sow the seeds, you will reap. Sow the seeds of goodness. So you're gonna go up to the nearest five people. Now, remember, it's not it's gotta be. It's got to be hardcore. It's got to be structured because what were you previously doing that wasn't working? Oh, you had no structure and you weren't hardcore. You allowed yourself to pass up. So we're going to do the complete opposite of that and we're going to go hard. What we're going to do is you're going to go to the nearest five people. It doesn't matter how weird you look, even if they're standing right next to each other. Yes, excuse me, miss. Saw so you. Think you're like a cool, think you're a great, cool human being. Hope you have a great day. Let her receive it. Let her feel it. Oh, that, that's a bit weird, but thank you. Okay, ne- person right next to her. Excuse me, miss. And you go into her, right? Now, some of you might be saying, but Adam, how do you compliment random people? I get that so often. And to me, it seems like the weirdest question. It seems like the strangest question to me. How, how do you not know how to give a genuine compliment? How do you get to 20 plus years of life for my average audience and not know how to give goodness, to give a genuine compliment, to genuinely go up to someone and say, 
listen, miss, you know, this is random as shit, but I don't know you and you don't know me, but I just want to wish you a great day. At the bare minimum, I would hope that everyone listening to this pod, this old podo, would at least have a seed within them that wishes that other human beings can find happiness in this life. If you don't, you are classified as a sociopath. If you do not have even a shred, a shred of being within you that wishes that others can achieve a level of joy and happiness in this life, in this life. If you don't have that within you, I ple- please go to a psychologist right now. So if that's not you, because I'm pretty sure that's not most of my audience, pretty sure, then you are 100% capable of giving genuine goodness to other beings. The reason why I've gone hard on this one little specific thing is because I get it on boot camp quite a bit. Or uh, not even actually, it's actually both, just people in general who go, I really have a hard time, like guys that get the ebook, I have a hard time with giving, doing the warm up compliments. I just don't know what to compliment people on. And see, it's not that they don't, it's not that I think that they don't have the actual genuine goodness in them. It's that they're focusing on the wrong thing. They're focusing on what to compliment them on. But listen, mate, you're missing the grand pie. What to compliment them on is their being. Just the fact that they're alive. You can always compliment, even if you think someone has the worst dress style, that they're just a complete, they're just like superficially, they're just an, an absolute mess. You will always still have them have them at, oh, you're a human being. So I can compliment you on that. If you don't have that within you, you are a sociopath. I don't think that's most of you. I think it's just that most of you who get mixed up in that confusion, you are just focusing on the wrong thing. You're trying to find like, hmm, I need a bag, do I focus on the head or compliment on the eyes? No, forget that. Just compliment them on the fact that they are a human being, okay? So you're going to do that from five times in a row and you're going to do that in a hardcore manner with no, no fapping about. No fapping about. You're just going to go from person to person to person to person to person and then reset. Then go back to your initial goal. So what was my goal again again? Oh, I got to meet 10 girls today. Let's go. Now, what we've done here is that we've intercepted the pattern, we've changed your psychological, mental state, and we've also changed your physiological well-being and how you are feeling physiologically. So we've changed you on a mental and physical level, and now we've also got you into the place of what you should actually be doing. And we've got you feeling a taste of what it means to actually do what you set out to do. So you've got wins on the board something I used to describe a lot. You're already starting to win here. And that's what the tap out process is. Now, I've explained it quite in-depthly, more in-depthly than I thought I would. But if you really just wanted to summarize it, and I will hear for you right now. The summarization of the tap out system is number one, acknowledge. Acknowledge that what you're currently doing is not working. And you do not do this 30 minutes in, 50 minutes in, an hour in, whether you're in a nightclub, whether you're in the street, whether you're at a house party. No, at the very onset, because I mentioned this at the beginning, that the longer it takes you to intercept the pattern, the harder it is to reset and get back onto the rope that pulls you up. That, because you're just too deeply, you're physiologically and psychologically gone at that point. You're mentally tapped. You're far too stressed adrenalinely. Yeah, it's too much. But if you can cut the pattern at the onset, and the onset for me is three. It's three because that is a solidified pattern. I will give you two fuck-ups. I'll give you two chances to mess up. And because... Yeah, you know, things happen. Shit happens. I get it. But three in a row? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
So, so that's it. It's like, that's it right there. That's how you get, that's how you recognize a pattern that, okay, in my intent has not been where it should be three times in a row. Boop. Okay. Tap out, tap your hand on the mat. We're going to take a break here. What do you do from then? Okay. We set up, separate ourselves from the environment. Okay. We take ourselves out of the house party. We take ourselves off the street, out of the club, whatever. Just take ourselves out so we have a chance to physically reset and then we do five to six deep breaths. Okay, gets ourselves into the moment, gets ourselves out of the deeply rooted past or the deeply projected future. Great, we get ourselves out of that next thing. Okay, what are we going to do immediately? Well, we're going to get ourselves winning by taking action in a hardcore structured manner because it's the complete opposite of what we were just doing. How do we do that in the best way? Well, let's sow seeds that benefit others. Let's go ahead and give to others, take the focus off of ourselves and bring joy and goodness to others because that is essentially a microcosm of what we're going to be doing in a larger sense of bringing the best of ourselves to an attractive female, an attractive partner. We're going to need to do that anyway, right? We're going to need to do that anyway. So we may as well do it here in a microscope, in a microscope, in which that it's actually a lot easier to do because you're not that afraid of uh, Oji-san, Oba-san. <laughs> Hold on, give me a sec. So that is the tap out system then and there. Now there's one note I want to add here, which is that you have unlimited taps. This, because what you might be, you, some of you, some of the downers might be thinking, oh, this, this might work, but only for five minutes, and then I'll dive straight back down into my darkness. I'm like, yeah, you probably will on your first few months of giving this a whack, because you're not conditioned on this. You're not trained on this, and most importantly, you don't have old Adam there watching you like a hawk, making sure you are doing it, and doing it correctly. So, you might trip a few times. You might then go out into this house party and with my client here, maybe he does the full tap out process, goes back in and maybe he's good for five, 10 minutes and he's reset and he's feeling good. But then maybe something happens that completely messes him up and derails him. Or does that mean he gives up? No, tap out, go again, do the whole process again. Now, as you guys can sense here is that there's one key thing that under undergrounds all of this, which is humility. None of this works if you aren't humble enough to engage it. And that's what I see with guys on bootcamp particularly, which is that the guys that struggle to do tap out is because they're just not humble enough to admit that not only are they wrong, wrong to themselves, they're doing wrong. They're not doing what they said they should be doing and what the exercise is, but they just don't want to appear to be weak. Now, this is another thing that I wanted to talk about on the scope of darkness and the demons of darkness weaknesses and it's something that we need i'm just parking it in my mind now because it's something we will get back to it's something that i definitely want to talk about because i want to talk about my own darkness well not not like that not like that that's not a little egotistical i mean i want to talk give you guys examples of where i see darkness pop up within my own psyche there we go that sounds a little more humble <laughs> mm, but that was tactical as shit that was some real tactics and uh, I just, I definitely wanted to explain that. So tagging right back now. Why do we even go into the tap out system? Because that's what I would be doing with my client if I was there with him in that house party. And it's what I instructed him to do during our Skype session, our Skype coaching session, is that when he falls into the well of darkness, however it happens, do not bash on the rope that pours more water onto you because it's only a self-reinforcing loop right? If you start to dive into it and you start to melt over how these people are responding to you, reacting to you, and what that means for you, start to go on in the past, start to go in the future, you're only feeding the darkness. 
And this is the next thing I want to talk about. You feed what you feed grows. Actually, perfect segue. Perfect segue. If you only continue to feed the darkness in whatever respect, so let's ground this in the example with T. As he's going through his house party, he's noticing these people are just not receiving him well. And they're just they're just they're disrespecting him in his mind. Disrespecting him in his mind. And you know what? Some of them probably are. Some of them probably are. But is that their fault? No. Not in this scenario. In this scenario, the reason why these people are acting disrespectful, and some of them at least, but most of them just just don't want a bar of him, don't want a piece of him, it's because of the darkness he's emitting. It's because of that. So it's not, for the most part, it's not their fault. You know, unless they're just being straight dicks. But, you know, that's, that's a different case. That's not what I'm talking about here. So as he continues to to become enraged by these reactions from those around him, which are only happening because of the fact that he is pulling on this rope, right, and only continuing to feed the darkness within him, it only creates more darkness around him, more water, right? More water is the dark water is what I'm painting here. So if he can tap out, pull up, pull up on that rope, right, the other rope on the side of the well, which comes from the giving, yeah, that's how you're going to get out to get out of that. So I just want to wrap that up because now I realize we want to, I want to dive a little bit more into this feeding thing because that's the next thing that we talked about in our Skype session. It's funny how at least the first half of this spot, it was kind of just a review of that Skype session. But I feel like there's a lot of value in this for a lot of people. And I put it up on the gram asking if you guys wanted to hear about it and if you guys got back to me. So this is what we do. So what you feed grows. Really what that means is that there is no right or wrong. And this tags back to a little bit of the philosophy I was talking about before. I don't really care whether you want to spend all of your life in darkness or whether you want to spend all of your life in light, in the joy, in the love of everything. But what I do care about is that you take full responsibility. What I do care about is that you fully acknowledge which choice you have made. And this is what I was saying to him in our Skype call that from this point onwards in our relationship, I never want to hear you say, it's because this person made me feel this way. It's because this person did this to me. It's because this person was responding to me in this way, and that's why I responded that way. No, 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 no. The buck stops with you. You must acknowledge fully, take full responsibility for your psychological state and for the choices that you make. And the choice that you make, if you make a choice to indulge in the self-grandiose thoughts and ideas of, no, I'm better than others. I'm better than others, and I should be treated this way. I expect to be treated this way. I deserve to be seen as an attractive male or female. I deserve to be seen as a high social status member. I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. Okay. Okay. I'm not arguing with that. Yeah, it's a little egotistical, but I'm not arguing with that because that's your decision to be egotistical. All I'm saying is that you need to be fully aware and take full responsibility for the fact that you have made that choice. And never delineate, never re-attribute that responsibility to anyone outside of yourself. Right? Whenever you enter these deep, dark, egotistical thought loops, please just know that it is 100% your doing. Now, it's oh, holy shit. Now, this dives us into something even deeper. One of the things that he mentioned in his email is that some of the psychological demons within his mind, and one of them in particular, is that he feels that he has an innate quality of badness, that he is innately bad, 
that his nature is innately bad, and that when he leans in and feeds this dark beast, that's the beast that grows. At least that's the fur. At least that's the... uh, That's at least one of the horns that grows off this beast, which is that he feels that his innate nature, maybe the heart of this beast, maybe, maybe that's even more pertinent and more descriptive. The heart of this beast is that he feels like his nature is innately bad. Now, one thing I tagged into him, because as you guys know, I'm not the type of guy who sits there and goes, this is how you need to think, and this is exactly the answer. It's just not how I run, because that's not how human, first off, that's not how human beings learn. You need to discover the answer for yourself in order for, in order for it to have any form of magnitude. In order for a lesson to have any form of actual relevance and deep meaning for you, you actually need to discover the answer for yourself, which is why you often hear me use two very specific analogies, the watering hole and the moon. Just, ta- just think about those for a second while I grab a, grab a sip of this sort of water. If for any of you, I've used, have I used both of them? I think I've used both of them in this potter. But if not, if for those of you that have listened to any of my other potters, you would have heard me use both of them. And I'll wrap this up quickly, but just think about it. I don't, I don't force you to drink. I don't force you to drink from the watering hole because I can't. I can't force you to find the answer for yourself. All I can do is show you the path. Show you the path. I'm going to show you the way as best as I can. I'm going to simplify this path. I'm going to show you the way that I've been able to walk it myself. And then I'm going to show you this watering hole. I'm going to point straight to it. I'm going to do everything that I can to show you that it's possible to drink. I'll take a drink myself. God damn. I'll take a drink myself to show you that it's possible for you to drink. But I'll never grab you by the neck and dunk your head in that water and force you and pump you like a water pump. I'll never do that because you're only going to throw that water back up. And for anyone wishing for that, and trust me, we all do. We all do. We all wish that someone would just take us, take us by the neck and just drown us in the water of answers and pump us like a machine and just just soak us in these answers. That's what we all wish because that's the easy path. Just, oh, let someone else tell me the answer. Let someone else give me all the wisdom. Don't, don't force me to work. Don't force me to elevate my consciousness and my ability to be able to reason with this life. None of that shit. Just give me the answers. Or even if I did give you some form of logical answer, it would never resonate with you on a deeper level. On a level in which that I know it's going to actually force evolution. So that's why, that's why I never give you the answer. That's why always get you to find the answer for yourself. And then the other analogy there was pointing to the moon. That I'll never be the person who takes you to the moon. I'll only ever be the finger pointing towards it. And that analogy is a very heavy, uh, has very heavy use in Buddhism. If you ever study Buddhist philosophy. And I'm not saying that I, I'm, a, I'm an absolute regal when it comes to Buddhist philosophy. But I have read a bit of the Dalai Lama's work. And uh, a few other people. So I, I never use it a bit. Anyways, why do we dive into this? <laughs> why do we dive into this? Let's track back. Uh, okay, the innate badness nature. Holy shit, my mind is on point today. So his innate quality, his in, his, uh, the, the heart of this demon, or at least one of his demons, being that he feels like he has an innate nature of badness. Now, if I tell, that's why, son, that's why I went into this. If I was to say to him, listen T, you are not innately bad. 
You're not innately good either, in my opinion, but you just are what you are. And that it is actually more important to focus on what you will create in this life. Will you create a nature of goodness or will you create a nature of badness? That's what I'm more interested in. But I'm never going to say that to him because I need him to find that out for himself. In order for this darkness to be lifted, he needs to lift it himself. And I know that's the difficult, the most difficult thing for all mental health workers. And of course, I know I'm not a psychologist. I know I'm not a social worker. I know I'm not a psychiatrist. But I speak to these people. I've spoken to, I speak to people that study this. And I know that when I ask them about, because I'm so inquisitive, I'm like, what's the biggest challenge for you? you know, listen, I had an ultrasound. Fuck, hold on. Listen, I had a renal tract scan yesterday. Renal tract ultrasound, I should say. And uh, as to why is it's completely relevant to this podcast. Let's just say some shit went down the previous week. I don't know the results yet. I'll get back to you guys within reason. I don't know. I don't need you guys to know my blood type, but I'll tell you guys if there's any real serious shit going on. Anyways, I was getting my first ever ultrasound yesterday and there's a junior assistant or a junior graduate, uh, postgraduate, whatever. She's a junior and she, sorry, sorry if she's listening to this. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm not doing justice to your title. You're very competent. I know you were new. You're a little bit nervous. That's okay. I'm sure. It's a, <laughs> Oh shit, what have I done to myself? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. She was competent. Let's say that. Okay. And she's doing the ultrasound with me. And her supervisor is there, who's clearly had maybe 10, 20 years of experience. And she's very confident. She knows what she's doing. It's like she's driving the car unconsciously, unconscious competence. And and I'm talking to her and I'm asking her, like, What's the biggest challenge that you deal with your clients? And she's talking to me about psychological states, this, this and that, and this, that and the other, right? All this different stuff. So I'm very inquisitive with mental health work, or just health workers in general, people that deal with people on a deeper level. So I know that lifting the darkness and getting someone to lift their own darkness, you speak to any psychologist, you speak to any psychiatrist. I don't know any one of them that I've met in any way that will tell you that they can lift the darkness for them. It's not possible. We all have to come to the truth for ourselves, find the answer for ourselves. That's why I went on that tangent. So with my client here, T, with him, I need. I just ask him questions. I ask him questions. When he tells me that I feel like my innate nature as a human being is bad, that I'm innately bad, all I do is ask questions. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I ask questions. And I say to him, hmm, okay. So, so I hear what you're saying. I hear you saying that you can't bring joy to others and you can't bring goodness to others. But if you could think of a time when that's ever happened before in your life, is could you? Could you? And he's like, well, yeah. And then immediately he dives into it. He dives into, no, I don't know. Like in my business, I, I, I help so many people and I, and I, I try, and try and bring so much benefit to others through the business and also there's this there's this couple that I work with that were homeless on the street once and I've been working with them to get them back up on their feet and then with my family I'm always trying to and I'm like and as I'm listening to this as I'm listening to this I'm just nodding away like a little like a little nut I just just nodding away with my eyes with my pupils dilated I'm feeling the spirit enter my soul because what's happening here people what's happening here is that he's proving himself wrong and that he's finding the answer for himself. So as he's diving into all these examples of the opposite of what his deeply entrenched thought and belief was, 
His limiting, deeply entrenched belief was, was that I'm innately bad, right? And then all I say is, I'm not going to say there and say you're wrong. All I'm just going to ask you is if the opposite was ever true. And this is the crux. Whenever you find yourself feeding this dark beast, whether it's rooted in the past or projected in the future, the darkness, this dark beast, whenever you find yourself just, you got that Lego ham and you're just slicing off for him. Whenever you feel you're starting to do that, just ask yourself if the opposite also exists. Ask yourself if there is also a light beast that exists that also needs to be fed. Because if you can do that for yourself, well, then it proves whatever that belief was incorrect, inaccurate and incorrect. If you can do that, it proves the opposite inaccurate. Because as this guy is now going into me and telling me of all these examples of when he has been able to help people, bring joy to others and do good for others. Once he finishes all that, I just sit there and I'm just like, just nodding away. And he's like, I can see the change in his face. I can see the look in him. I go, look, so T, what have you just done? He's like, oh, I guess I'm not all bad. Hmm, that's interesting. It's interesting. And that's all I do. That's, that's literally all I do for people. I never tell someone whether they are good or bad. I'm not going to be that person because, f- frankly, it's inaccurate to label someone as all good or all bad. And, I, and actually, you know, the Buddhist philosophy, I'm pretty sure is quite close to believing that all human beings are innately good. I could be incorrect on that, but I just got done reading the Dalai Lama's An Open Heart, which is right here next to me. And I believe hearing him say, I believe I heard him say something to that effect. It might not be those words, but, and I know that there are many other people that would, that would definitely say that, that their belief is that the, the consciousness within us is innately good. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely the way that Lao Tzu wrote down in the Tao Te Ching, you know, this speaking of this innate goodness. I'm not quite there. I'm not there. I don't believe that. I don't think that's accurate. At least not 100%. I feel like, and this is a slightly different tangent because it's like we'll dive in and out of this, but the reason why I don't sit here and say that I feel like all beings are innately good is because I have looked at studies and looked at examples of children that do come out of the womb with an intent nature to hurt. And what book was that in? Was that in Authentic Happiness by Martin Seligman? Could be. Could be, could be a few different psychological books I've read of rare examples. It's definitely rare. I'm not saying this is all people and all babies, but I've definitely read examples of children that come out of the womb known as devil children that have intent to hurt. Now, do I think that's because they're innately bad? No, no. Is there some connections going on psychologically and maybe some connections missing, maybe some areas of the brain that are damaged from maybe the way that their their mother and their father particularly the mother, about what she was ingesting. Okay, let's get a little specific here. Maybe we take the example of a mother that was smoking during pregnancy and that damaged during the fetus's growth and during the growth of certain particular brain cognitive facilities that deal with empathy, that deal with uh, human beings' ability to be able to care for the other. If you want to look at, um, what's the lobe? What's the lobe? The amygdala. There we go. Maybe, and there's, I'm sure for those of you that study uh, neuroscience and whatnot, I'm sure there's many other function, uh, 
cognitive facilities that I'm not mentioning here that definitely play into this. I know it's not just all one thing, but if you want to look at those types of things, those types of structures that can get damaged in the womb, that it wasn't the child's fault. But when they came out of the womb, they never had a chance to feel empathy, at least not to the level of you and I that are quote unquote normal. Is that child innately bad? It's a good question. It's a good question. I tend to think no. I tend to think no because of I just don't feel like they made that choice. I don't feel like they were responsible for their mother damaging their cognitive facilities, which detached them from being able to feel empathy for other human beings. I don't feel like that makes them innately bad. So to say that in a child that comes out of the womb trying to hurt others is innately bad, I think that's inaccurate. I think it's inaccurate. In the same way that I feel like it's inaccurate to say that a child that comes out all joy, all love, all joy, all love, is innately good. I don't feel like that's crazy either. Because I feel like as human beings through evolution, we have evolved to have altruistic mechanisms within us because that has ensured our survival. I feel like that there's like that's the way that I gravitate more towards it. And I know that that satisfies the science crowd of you. I know that satisfies the evolution side of you guys. I know that satisfies the the pragmatic the call the universe what it is as we see it, crowd of you. And for myself, it's it's very satisfying to me. But I also acknowledge that I don't know fully. I don't know if that there is a, um, here's a tangent. I don't know if that there is a grand orchestrator of this universe, a grand orchestrator of this universe that has infused us all with innate goodness. I'm not ready to say that that is also not the case. So I'm open to anything. I'm open to anything. If at the end of my life, I pass, I move on, the physical atom dies, yet there's some little waiting room, some little consciousness waiting room waiting for me. And I walk in and there's this this being of light that's sitting there going, okay, Adam, so this is how the universe actually works. And they actually tell me that all human beings were infused with a consciousness that is innately good and that the physical mechanism that we know as the body has faults, has flaws, has the ability to be broken, has the ability to be messed around with and disrupted, which can harper and can impede the ability for the said consciousness to be expressed. So that's why you see maybe some of these babies that come out with intent to hurt you know, we gave them the innate goodness. We gave the innate consciousness, which is by its own very definition, good. However, the instrument through which it was to be played through was broken. So it's not that human beings, innate, or the consciousness within them is innate, is, isn't good. It's just that, okay, we understand that through the process of evolution, these little uh, meat bodies, these little meat factories we walk around in, they, uh, they, have, they have problems. they got maintenance to do. Now, so all I'm saying is that with this thought exercise is that if that were to be the case, I would not sit there. I would not pull out my M16 and start shooting at this light bulb going, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. I would not do that. I'll go, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, that's interesting. That's definitely not what I thought, but it's interesting. And I would like to hear more. Sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> Probably, sorry, we're out of time. On to the next thing. So, you know, I like to I like to keep things light. I like to keep things on. I like to change levels, and that's just one one way that I like to look at things. And I like to in 
in this potter, I like to allow you guys into how I think about life, just because I know that if you're listening to this potter, that's probably something you're interested in. And that uh, I'm not just a regurgitator. I do have my own quirky way of thinking about things. No doubt, you probably never heard of that before. Hold up. So bringing it right back here. When I'm working with my client and I'm getting him to find the answer for himself and I'm getting him to lift his own darkness for himself. Now, I don't want to do this because I, I don't want to now do what I'm about to do to appear egotistical or to appear in any way, shape or form that I'm trying to show off or that I'm trying to make myself seem like some kind of guru. That is not what I'm about to do. What I'm about to do is to show you the proof in the pudding to show you how this process actually affects people. I'm going to show you, because after this session that I had with him, so wrapping it up, after this, after I broke down his journals and I broke all that down and I gave him the feedback, had this conversation with him over Skype, did the coaching, you know, by the end of it, he was a little bit destroyed. Like psychologically, he was tapped. He didn't really know what to say by the end of it. So the way that it ended was that, well, when time was up, uh, yeah, so he's like, well, I, I definitely understood what you're saying and I'm going to have to go back and work on this. And I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. I don't need any confirmation from you right now. I just need you to go back and work on it. So he does. I think it takes him a day. Excuse me. I think it takes him a day to send me this follow-up email. Well, so I send him, I send all my clients some kind of summary, whether it's in the form of video or written, depends on our relationship, depends on what kind of service uh, they are engaging me in. But for him, I always send him a written summary of everything we talked about, all the most important things anyway. And then he responded to that summary saying, hold up, just getting into my emails here, saying this, I'm just getting it. I want to add, this is in his words, I want to add that I'm very grateful to be working with you. Your ability to take seemingly complex issues and break them down into highly target bite-sized pieces of profound insight and guidance is powerful. Thank you for all that you are, for living your purpose so fearlessly, for being a beacon of light with a little peace, uh, gratitude, peace, hands together sign. So the reason why I wanted to read that to you guys is not, as I said, not because I want to now say, oh, look at the great work I do. No, it's to paint the effect that this type of thought process has on people. That when you can get someone, for those of you that are, I know some of you that listen to my content are coaches yourselves and are going to therapy-based, consultation-based lines of work yourself. I encourage you to at least encourage, uh, to, uh, to engage the thought process that I have taken my client through here, which is allow him to find the answer for himself. You just be the guider. Allow him to work through his own darkness and to realize first and foremost, and most importantly, that the darkness is not absolute. And that when this guy tells me, I believe that I am innately bad, I'm not going to tell him, no, you're not. Because it's not only is it not effective, it's also not true. So for both of those reasons, all I'm going to do is go to him and say, well, just give me an example of the opposite existing. If the opposite exists, then we know that that cannot be true. This beast that you are currently feeding of darkness, you think it's all that dark beast and that's all that exists? Well, have you ever seen the lightness? Have you ever seen the light beast? 
oh yeah, I have. Well then, it's not all dark. So we've taken this potter in a very unusual direction, in a direction that I really could not have planned. Because I had definitely thought about where we might go with this potter, but it's definitely not where I thought I would have. And, you know, there were some things I wanted to talk about. Like, I wanted to talk about how I deal with my own psychological demons and how I deal with my own uh, episodes of darkness and episodes of uh, feeling anxiety and, and, and malintent and that type of stuff. And it's like, do we want to dive into that? Because I feel like this potter has gone down a different route. And, you know, we're at an hour and some, hour and ten. Should we? Maybe we'll wrap with this. I'll wrap you guys with some tactics because that was... The reason why I'm thinking about wrapping it up right now is because that was such gold. That was so intense, what we just went through right there, that anyone listening to this that's battling psychological demons and is battling and wants to know how to deal with their darkness, I've just laid it out for you, essentially, how I coach my own guys and people. Just just, When I say guys, that also refers to girls. It's just, you know, guys, girls. So that's why I feel like that's such a high note. But I did say that I wanted to touch on my own darkness. Okay, I will. I will. But I'll do it in a way that's not, uh, I was about to say not long-winded. I'll do it in a way that's more tactical. That So just make sure that we keep it not just like some sap story. So first off, I want to say that in general, generally speaking, I'm going to have to rack my mind to think of dark episodes. It's just not me. And when I say not me, not me that it doesn't exist within me, not me and that I do not feed it. I do not give a shred of nutrition to the dark side of myself. I don't allow it to grow. I don't allow it to manifest. And that when it does, it's a very extreme situation in which that I wasn't ready and that I was not evolved enough to deal with it in that moment. Now, what does that look like for me personally? Definitely anger. Definitely physical violence, physical violence and anger and suicide. Those three, those three. Those are the psychological demons that exist within me, albeit to a such a minuscule level that in order for me to give you real examples of when they have popped up, at least within the last, I would say, three to five years, we would I would need to actually get a notepad and sift through my memories because that happens so infrequently. If we were to go back much, much younger, much, much younger, and I guess that's where a lot of this, this characterization is when I say anger, physical violence, and suicide, most of my memories of that darkness are definitely as a younger Adam. It's in the last five years from 20 to 25, I could count on a hand, one hand, of times that I have actually actively fed that beast, where I've full well knowingly allowed myself to take that Lego ham and slice off, slice off into that. It's so infrequent. So just want to give that perspective here. But of course, as I said on my Instagram story, I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I'm not going to sit here and saying that I'm all light, that I'm all, that the, the darkness does not exist within me, at least the potential for me to be able to feed that. No, it exists. It's just that I've cultivated a being and a way of being in which that I do not allow myself to feed that. So first and foremost, please understand that. And what does that go back to? It goes back to the hardcore principle that I mentioned before of that I don't care which one you feed, just as long as you know you are in fact feeding it. That's all I care about, just just so you guys know that. So let's just tag on here. The anger, it's something that I had as a kid, like the emotional anger, just not having control of 
When someone did something that pissed me off, not knowing how to interpret that, not knowing how to separate from that, not knowing how to tap out, so to speak, and just just default flying back at them, getting the teeth out, you know, drawing my sword and being willing to engage in a in a in a, in a fight, whether it's psychologically or physically, that's the next one. But I was never I was never shy from getting into a psychological battle with someone and fighting to the death psychologically. Never shy from that. Uh, you could obviously say that there's polar opposites because that obviously, obviously that's not a good thing. But also the the polar opposite of that will to fight is actually quite beneficial. So the will to fight with people and to prove yourself right, while it's has a lot of negative benef- uh, neg- negativity and negative outcomes surrounded, surrounding it, came out weird, negative outcomes surrounding it, there's also on the polar opposite because of all of our traits and all of our emotions there was always a polar to it. It's never just one thing. There's if if you have the ability to fight to tooth and bone with someone psychologically, even if it means causing tremendous emotional harm, it also probably means that you have on the flip side the ability to fight to the tooth and bone to create a beneficial outcome for someone as well. It's a it's a thing that exists on a spectrum on a scale. But I definitely leaned into that far too much as a younger guy. Uh, and then it, off, and it off, often, 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 often manifested in physiological expression, in physical violence, in that I was a kid, as a kid, I was not afraid to get into a fight. I was not afraid to exude my dominance physically, physically over weaker kids. And so we say, yeah, were you the bully? In early primary school, yeah. In early primary school, yeah. Now, did that also have a, a fact to do with that I was learning martial arts at a young age and I, uh, you know, as, as, as a young kid, I didn't have complete control over my psychological facility to know the grand understanding was in which that with great power comes great responsibility? Okay, yes, there's that there as well. But, you know, that's it's how it manifested in me is that uh, I was I was definitely apt towards expressing myself physically, and I'm not gonna lie. There's a certain satisfaction in pushing pushing the weak kid over. <laughs> I know that's dark. I know that's dark because I'm painting the darkness here. Now you have to keep this in mind. I am not condoning any of this. I'm not saying this is the way to be. I'm just saying how it was. I'm just saying that there was a part of me as a younger kid that got a bit of a, a bit of a high from knocking over the weaker kid. And also the adulation that came from that from the other kids that go, oh, Adam's a strong kid, right? I I got I got a higher for that. I got a rider for that. Now, of course, as I matured, as I got older, I realized that's not a good way of being. That that's not a harmonious way of living in this life. So of course, I that's not how I operate now, but it was there. And that if you push me to the absolute edge today, now my edge is so much further away than when I was seven years old. But if you ever were to take me to the absolute edge, the darkness you will see that comes out of me is definitely physical. That if you really want to take me, put me in a position where I feel like I've been wrong done to such a level and you know, attributing a whole bunch of other factors into it as well in terms of Oh, hold up. You're attributing a whole bunch of other factors into that, maybe my psychological state before that, my physiological state during that, 
any way, shape or form, however you could do it. So let's just take an example because I know it's, it's hard to picture. Let's say, let's say I have a child. Let's say I have a son right now. I don't. Let's say I do. And I don't know. You cause him physical harm somehow. In, in a way in which that was tremendously cruel, in a way that in a sharp moment, you forced me into a fight or flight response in which that I was previously not ready for and not prepared for. So let's say, I don't know, we're walking down the street and some, some random dude pulls a gun on us and shoots my son. Let's say that, all right? Shoots my son and then, and then, and then goes, to take, goes to try to rob me just to show he's serious. The darkness that would manifest out of me would be me try to end his life. Now, in post... I would regret that decision immensely. I would regret that that decision immensely because that's not how I wish to operate in this life. It's not how I would encourage others to operate in this life. And that while I would not accept, accept's the wrong word, while I would not allow his behavior to go unrectified and unacknowledged and unjustly let slip by, I would still not allow my actions in the same way to have received that same course of analysis. In which, and what I'm saying there is that it's not okay for me to take his life because he took my son's life. It's, it's that loop. It's a never-ending loop. The forgiveness has to start somewhere. And the way that I have decided to live is that the forgiveness starts with me. So on any level, I forgive anyone for any wrongdoing they do to me. Now I never forget, and I've said this many times, I, I never forget and I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not this passive snail. I don't allow someone to walk over me. Right? If someone does something to me unjustly that I feel like they stepped over the line, not only do I let them know they stepped over the line, but what I deem to be the necessary repercussion will be dealt now necessary of course that's moral some people feel that it is necessarily moral to end another human being's life because they took another's unjustly at least by our rules some people would say that it's perfectly fine if that if a random dude rocked up on me and my son some my say my five-year-old son and shot my son there in front of me that it would be just for me to be able to reciprocate by ending his life some people would say that I disagree with them because that that eye for an eye mentality creates a creates a world of pain for myself. Now you probably weren't expecting that. Something that I learned from the Dalai Lama that if you can't control yourself, you will in turn create more pain for yourself than anyone outside of yourself ever could. When someone does wrong by you, that doesn't affect them that much. It affects you way more. And not in that, not in the sense that, okay, the, okay, take that example, take that direct example. Oh, this guy, he shot my son, okay? So that makes me feel bad. Yes, okay, yeah, oh, of course. That action from them definitely affects me, but it does not affect me on the same level as the days and weeks and months and years that go by that I allow it to torment myself. 
and that I allow my disconnection from the present moment because I'm thinking about all the revenge. I'm thinking about all the hate I have towards him and how that's robbing my life of the joy in my life. That psychological, that's, that's the, that is, you know, they say that the greatest revenge is living well and how cliche that is. Well, there's a reason why it's a cliche for the reason why, and for how I just described it. That, yes, the acute pain caused by him taking my son's life, it's real and it's there, but it's actually the long-term damage it caused, I caused to myself. That if in my inability to forgive him for a moment of misjudgment on his part, what, am I perfect? Am I perfect? Is he perfect? No, none of us are perfect. We are all apt to making mistakes in this life on all ends of the scale. Now, of course, I am not excusing the behavior, but I am forgiving it because we are all human and that we are all apt to making the same mistakes. If you feel like you are so good that you could never be in the position of taking another human being's life, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. You're wrong. You're 100% wrong. You know, so many examples of it. You know, let's not dive into too much of that bit. We are all of one kind. We are not so separate that we could not be envisioned in doing something so similar to another being. Right, hmm. Hmm. it's an interesting thing. It's, it requires a level of humility. So, anyways, I'm wrapping this point here and saying that that's how my that's how my darkness and my d- psychological darkness would manifest as a beast would be to lash out physically. It's just something that I know that's within me, and I've gone to great lengths, great gone to great pains to not pains, or I guess it is painful in the sense that it requires growth. I've gone to great lengths to grow. A being and a way of being, my way of being, in which that I do not retaliate in a physical way anymore, or psychological, in which that I always operate from a place of forgiveness first, never forget, always forgive, deal out the necessary repercussion if need be, whether that means I need to separate from them, but for my own benefit, because I don't... I don't want to live a life in which that I'm constantly living through revenge and anger operation mode. No, the moment I forgive someone, I can get back to living in the present moment. I can get back to living a life of joy, peace, and love. And that's the way that I've chosen to live. So it's a very interesting way that we took that. And did I mention anything else? Oh, the suicide, yeah. Yeah, I I think suicide's always a... A demon within all. I think it's always a demon with all human beings. I think it always. It's like it's it's an exist. It's something that exists within all of us because it's always readily available. It's always there for us. And I know that it's not something that it's not something that I've recently thought about. But I remember when I was you know younger teen, suicide was always on my mind. Not that I ever got close to executing it, but in my darker moments, just just enjoying what that would be like. Enjoying the thoughts, enjoying how it would affect other people. It was a darkness within me that used to manifest for sure. So this this is just me trying to be as honest and real with you guys as possible. And in acknowledging that and wrapping up this portal, because this is where we're going to wrap up, that my thesis towards dealing with the darkness within yourself is just illumination. Acknowledging that I take responsibility for which beast I feed. Do I feed the darkness? Do I feed the light? That's up to you. How to deal with darkness in the tactical moment. Tapping out from it. Separating yourself from the pattern that creates the darkness for you. We've gone into that. 
And finally, if I can leave you with anything, no matter how much darkness you are faced with, let me retract that. No matter how much darkness I am faced with, I will always meet it with forgiveness. I'm not telling you guys to act that way. If you guys want to be eye for an eye, be eye for an eye. But I've found so much joy and so much love in this life from forgiving immediately. And as I've said before, that does not mean you forget. It does not mean you allow actions to repeat. No, you will act, you will engage with this life. But it does not mean that you need to psychologically be trapped within darkness for all the rest of your life. Because if you can't forgive, that's exactly what happens. If you can't forgive someone for their mistakes and their wrongdoings, you will always be trapped in some deeply rooted past. And it robs you of the joy of this moment. So for myself, forgiveness is the way. Love, peace, and joy is the way. So thank you guys very much for listening. Wow, things got deep there towards the end. For those of you that made it to the end of this potter, I thank you so much. For those of you that are listening on iTunes, uh, CastBox, wherever you are, thank you. On the website, boldojo.com, on YouTube, thank you very much. If you guys would like to connect with me outside of this potto, the best place to get me at is on Instagram, Tang one double tang one That's where the daily content comes out. Check in with me there. Slide me DMs there. If you guys want to send me your contacts, you got ideas for the potto, you want to hear me speak about something, go to my website, boldojo.com. In the About Me section, there's a contact form there. Send me your shit there if it's really long or if it's a shorter one. Yeah, hit me up on the gram. Should be following me there anyway. Same as your mom, same as your friends. <laughs> you can hear me out there. And uh, that's about it. Before the plugs, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. So, yeah. If you guys would like to support me and this thing that I'm doing here, I do have a paypal.me link. If you guys want to send anything my way, that's in the links down below on the YouTube links. I think it's a paypal.me forward slash Adam Uwe. You can find different links on the uh, on the YouTube anyway. If you guys want to pick up the ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, it's a short action guide that'll, if you guys are looking to get out there, change your dating lives, meet some girls in the street, get that thing handled. It's a short action guide. It is not meant to be read. It is meant to guide you on your journey as you foray into a 30-day challenge of meeting people every single day for 30 days. It's no nonsense. It's no fluff. You just get out there and do the damn thing. It'll act as that guidance for you. Kind of like a mini version of me, if you want to look at it that way. And then secondly, one-on-one Skype calls. Now, I want to dive on this just for a little bit because I've obviously, this entire potter comes from one of my ongoing clients that has engaged me with this. I just got to reset the camera. Hold up. With these one-on-one Skype calls, as you can see, they are not barred to dating. Some of you came to me for that. And that's actually how this client that I talked about today came to me. He came to me because he needed to fix up his texting. But as we go down, we've been working together for a couple months now. As we go down the rabbit hole, I start to pry in to the deeper things that are lurking within your temple. We go into the basement of your temple and we find the darkness and we illuminate that shit as you have seen here. So if now, of course, that's one angle. Some guys just come to me because they need help with public speaking or they need help with their family situation, whatever it is. The Skype coaching, it's really just an opportunity that for me to give you my third angle and to help you work through your issues, whatever they may be, that's it. Now, with that, you can just book one-on-one Skype calls, one-on-one, one-off sessions, 30-minute or 60-minute sessions on the website, boldojo.com, under the products uh, section on the products page, or you can do ongoing coaching, ongoing packages, and they can range from four weeks 
to eight weeks to 12 weeks and they're all customizable to your needs as to what frequency what period and uh, to add-ons if you need infill breakdowns that kind of stuff that stuff we will discuss so there is both options and obviously you're going to get the most from ongoing but if you just feel like there's something short and sharp you want to get my third angle on hey hit up a one-off and we'll do it so there's that and then of course the third level third layer boot camps if you're the type of guy that listened to this and I know this part is a little bit different, but maybe that is part of your darkness that you know you need to address your dating skill set and your social skill set. If you've got a serious inquiry because you want to head up the day game bootcamp, two day day game bootcamp, it's an illumination of the process to show you what you need to work on. Hit me up on the website, baldozer.com. Serious inquiries only. And as you know, as I've discussed in this photo, uh, also I do a lot of boot camps that aren't related specifically to dating. If you're the type of person that just needs to learn about better human interaction, and you heard that story with Ty. Oh, he was a guy who had a girlfriend, and he did a mini boot camp. Oh, and he learned how to just go up to random human beings and connect, give, give love, get over his anxiety of meeting people. Random people, we can do that as well. So it's all customizable. I'm here for you guys. And I thank you very much for being along the journey with me. I very much appreciate it, and I wish you guys the best so much. So much so, I wish you the best. Whatever you're dealing with, with this darkness, just thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Much peace and much joy.